Welcome to the seventh Aussie Pets podcast where all kinds of pet owners come together to better understand pet behavior without all the confusing mumbo jumbo. Slip into your favorite post COVID kit, grab a comfy chair, and kick back for today's show. I'm your host, Edwin Reese. Joining us shortly, we have Shu Min Shi, an active person who takes her little pet everywhere possible. On top of a busy schedule as a TV co-host with a prolific workload, Shuman has taken pet ownership seriously. Today, I hope to share some of the stories and ideas that she has that can help people set their pets up for success. Good afternoon, Shuman. Thank you very much for joining us on the Aussie Pets podcast. Good afternoon, Edwin. Thank you for having me. I've known yourself and your husband for some time, and I've also known that you've got a little Westie. Yes, so we do. <laughs> yep. And and Westy's got a bit of a following of his own. He's quite a little character. He is, yes. Yeah. How long have you had your Westie and, and what's his name? Tell us a bit about him. So we've had our little boy Charlie for almost seven years. Um, Charlie is a white West Highland Terrier. He's, uh, like you said, he's got a bit of character. He's very confident and can be stubborn from time to time. Anyone who knows Westy, they, they know that's just part of their nature. But we are very proud that uh, Charlie's being raised in a in a way he's um, stubborn, but also uh, would listen to us when we need to. That's him drinking in the background. Yeah, uh, listeners, just uh, just for your information, that isn't uh, me drinking uh, from a bowl and slurping. That was actually Charlie, who's right beside us. Yes. Um, so you're you're talking about Charlie being a Wesley Highlander. I find it interesting that you you seem to know a bit about that breed. So what did you do before you decided to get Charlie? I've always wanted to have my own dog since I was a little kid. When I was old enough, had my own place, I decided to get a dog. But uh, I st- sort of allocated the breed to a small dog who doesn't shed as much, who doesn't bark much because uh, I, w- I was living in an apartment um, at the time. I mean, I still live in an apartment now. When I looked up um, about dogs who's who can sort of meet up my requirements. Char- Charlie, as a West Highland Terrier, uh, sort of uh, fall in the bracket. And then I sort of invested further, um, checking about like the pros and cons, things like um, that was uh, on the list. So um, Westy can be uh, vegetarian. That's what I was uh, told online. Um, and later on, I found they actually they love all type of food. But obviously, there's certain food that you can't feed them. And that's for pet owners to be aware of and do your own study. Then uh, with grooming, because the hair would grow continuously, they would require regular grooming. The good side of that is they don't shed as much. You decided to get your dog. You did some research into temperament of your dog, the size of your dog, the hair, which is pretty important because most dogs have hair. There's only a few that don't. You've made sure that you've set yourself up for success by looking into the traits of the breed and the characteristics. So once you got your little Westie, what did you do once you got him home? I got Charlie when he was about eight weeks old. And um, I was lucky that I got a week off work so I can spend the entire week with him to train him up. And he was a very smart little puppy and he loved food. He still loves food till today. And the good thing with that is um, with food, you can train him and he picked up things very quickly. He does all sorts of treats. And I literally in that first week I spent with him, I told him all the treats that he's still doing today. 
isn't that incredible? So this little little puppy dog, little ball of fur came home. Yes. And you spoke to him about what you wanted him to do and you trained him how you wanted him to be trained. And how old is he now? He's almost seven years old. Okay. Tell us a bit about the last seven years, the highs and the lows of Charlie and what sort of things you do with him as well. We're very lucky because we run our own business. We are able to take him to most of the places that we actually go to. Charlie... I would say has had a, a very adventurous life. So he's been to Outback, he's been to State Forest, he's been to so many places that you know other dogs could have never dream of. How do you get there? What do you do with, with Charlie? What sort of things? So we have our, our own four drives. Right. Um, some mm. of the four drives that have, we have comes with a canopy in the back and uh, all the canopies would have side windows. Whenever he's in the car or in the canopy, we always make sure the window is a little bit open so there's um, um, fresh air for him. And also another thing is uh, carrying water. Wherever you go to, whether it's in summer or winter, you've got to make sure there's enough water for the dog because that's very important for them. And how much water would you have to take out with you for Charlie? Well, see, we, when we go out in four-wheel drives, our four-wheel drives are all being modified, so there's always a water tank. We have loads of water. There's enough for us to use and enough for Charlie. Carry at least two litres of water for your dogs only, then you should be fine. But when I say two litres of water, that's possibly just for a, um, a day trip. I mean, that's just, you know, that's a limit that I look at. For us, we're, our case is very different. Uh, we have water tank, so we wouldn't worry about the shortage of water. Yep, so you take water. And what sort of food do you take when you're travelling? Because you would be limited, wouldn't you, with um, keeping meat, stuff like that. You couldn't really carry meat. Well, we can carry meat, but it's normally for human uh, consume. When, when we take Charlie out on trips with us, we're trying to feed him as simple as we can. Um, you can't really go wrong with biscuits. We're trying to avoid those dog cans because uh, for some reason Charlie's gut just not you know he just his gut just doesn't react very well to the to the canned food so we always make sure there's enough biscuits for him so that's is that dry biscuits do you dry put, biscuits. put water in them or do you just give him dry biscuits just dry biscuits oh he's happy what flavors do you give him or is he fussy he's a very funny dog he can be fussy from time to time especially if you fed him good stuff but what he we would do is we wouldn't let him just go on, say, meat only for you know for a long period. We would feed him meat and possibly the next meal feed him biscuits. But he would uh, go food strike uh, because he's had a taste of the meat. The, but then he does something really funny. He wouldn't go food strike for over 12, um, 12 hours because he wants his food. <laughs> so he would go back on the biscuits. So he kind of complains and then... If you give him meat that he doesn't like, he'll stop eating totally. Yes. But then he has he he just gives up. And he gives up. He gives up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How have you noticed when you're traveling, especially when it's really hot, because it does get hot in our back of Australia? Yes. Uh, how do you have you ever noticed that he's suffering from the heat, or had to had to treat him for that? No, we've never had that issue. First of all, he's pretty much with us all the time, so whenever we feel the heat. He's there and we always keep our eyes on him, making sure there's uh, enough cool air for him. Had any trouble with him going bush, so to speak? <laughs> well, that happened quite often. Oh. He's he's a little terrier, so they were, they were bred to be hunting dogs. But um, he wouldn't go very far because, first of all, he's a indoor dog. 
um, when he goes outdoor, his his natural instinct comes out chasing other animal, but he we we were we are always able to uh, call him back. So that's very lucky of us. I know there are some bigger terriers that can be very stubborn and determined, and once they take off, you sort of uh, lose them. Yeah, that's true. So if you're not confident with your dog, or you don't know your dog well. If you got a rescue, for example, yes, you probably wouldn't take your dog somewhere it's not familiar with. No, I wouldn't say leave it. I yeah. wouldn't suggest them. Uh, yeah, leave them off the leash. Yeah, that's right. Keep them on lead. Yes. Um, there's there's stories and there's one dog that I picked up once. He'd been missing for about three months or four months. Jeez. Is it just Australia that you travel with Charlie in? Do you take him overseas at all? Or no, we no? we don't take him overseas. I don't think you're allowed to take them overseas and bring them back. It's like straight away, you have to have some sort of a certificate. And uh, I've had friends who's brought the dog in from overseas. They have to spend a month at the border or mm. in another country until mm. they're safe. And they get all sorts of uh, vaccine before they enter the border. So what do you do when you travel overseas? But, um, how, do you, how do you deal with little Charlie? <laughs> we're we're very... sleeping on my foot. <laughs> Yes, we're talking about you, Charlie. We're very lucky that we got friends and families who are just dog people. They have big backyard or have other dogs um at home. So we quite often leave Charlie with people who's got dogs. So he got someone to play with and got somewhere to play with. He hasn't given you any trouble doing that at all? Mm, not that I could think of. He's a very easy dog to look after. Like I said, he's mm. very confident mm. wherever he goes to. He make it uh, the place his own place, so people kind of um, mm. like that. And when um, when he's at other people's places, does he exhibit the same personality? Does he is he fussy with his food? Does he you know, go off on big walks or whatever? He's not fussy with the food, but we our friends do spoil him a lot, so he gets access to the bed at home. He can go literally everywhere except the bed. But when he goes to friends' place, because friends love him. They would allow him to jump on their bed and, uh, yeah. No, <laughs> oh, well, he, he likes to make himself feel at home, I guess. Uh, yes, absolutely. And, and uh, when, he, when, you, when you return, what's his reaction when he sees you? He's always happy to see us and, mm. and uh, he wouldn't look back. It's just same when we drop him off. Um, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't turn his head. He would just go straight to people's place and he would pick him up. So <laughs> he's just happy either way. When he's leaving their place, there's no anxiety. He just goes, jumps in the car and he's ready to go home. He's ready to go home. Okay. But there was only one time I left him at a pet hotel and that mm-hmm. caused a little bit of a drama. He came back, he lost his voice. And we suspected mm. that from barking too much, wasn't getting enough attention. Obviously, when, when they're at pet hotel, they have their own little area to stay. And to be honest, when I visited the place, it... It almost reminded me of a jail. Yeah. So that was the first time and the last time we left him at a pet hotel and we probably wouldn't take him back there anymore. And with him, it's like that, but I also know there are other dogs. They're happy with it, but Charlie's just not raised that way. Yeah, I think I think you'll find there's different shades of pet hotel. There's really terrible ones and there's wonderful ones. It sounds to me like you got something in the middle or towards the terrible end. Well, possibly, um, yeah, somewhere yeah. in the middle. It is like you said in a prison and the dogs get anxiety and yes. then they're barking and the other dogs are barking. It's just uh, 
creating it's, more anxiety. It's like an asylum. <laughs> it's like a, a crazy human's asylum. Yes. But with hairy dogs. Tell me about his grooming. How often do you groom a Westie and, and what, what sort of things do you have to do with Westies? Um, so regularly we would uh, groom him, take him to the groomer um, about once every second month. But in summer, it, the hair seems to grow very fast and we'd like to keep keep his hair short. We would take him to the groomer once a month. Until COVID hit this year, we only took him to the groomer once and then we decided to buy the clipper ourselves. And from then, we've been um, doing it ourselves. And Okay, that's interesting. Yes. And do you, do you shape him? I mean, he looks he looks pretty well clipped to me. He, <laughs> he, he, is, does Simon clip him or do you clip him? Simon. So Simon does okay. a really good job. He, he like the way he does it's like um, a, a barber guy doing a human's hair. Wow. Does he do his moustache or anything like that? Or what, is there any special grooming with the There's a, he Charlie has his own yep. style. Unlike yep. other West, he has a little skirt underneath. Yep. He's got a mohawk on the back. He's got a mohawk. Yes. Okay, and uh, and uh, you keep his hair fairly short uh, because of all the all the travel that you do. Well, it's just good for him, especially coming up summer. Um, it's easier for us to to wash him to dry, and second, he doesn't pick up the dry grass when he when we take him out for a walk. The grass seeds or just the, the grass? grass seeds. The grass uh, seeds. And does that get matted and wash his hair? Does it on the tummy? Yes. Yeah. Sometimes it can be very annoying, and in in summer, another thing that um, pet owners should be aware of is that the grass seeds can actually cause infection infection on their paws. What does it body. do with their paws? It, tell tell our listeners about um, what grass seeds do to dogs. So grass seeds, uh, when you take your dog out walking, they can when they walk on the grass, and if there's grass seeds around, it was stuck in their uh, in the toes, then. If the dog can't pull them out, it will st- stay there and cause infection. And also, sometimes uh, the grass seeds can end up in dog's ear. That's really bad as well. Have you come across any anything you can warn people about if they are travelling in um, outback New South Wales or other places around Australia? When you're travelling in the outback, there's not so much of grass seeds because it's just dry um, pretty much the whole way. But there are sort of like desert uh, grass. Or how do you call these things? Spinifex. Yeah. yeah, they can. It's very sharp. Yeah, they can sort of uh, um, stick to the dog and annoy them. I've never experienced that myself. I mean, I've, I've never seen Charlie had that on him. Um, quite often he would uh, pull them off himself. Yeah, it must be quite painful. And, uh, and the other thing that I find interesting about Charlie, I've just been playing with him while while you're talking. Yes, is he's he's got a very muscular little body and a very large head <laughs> for such a small dog. Yeah, is that just Charlie or is it every Westie? Well, Westies, but first of all, Westie has this hairstyle, um, sort of make their head looks giant. Mm. Um, but in fact, when you shave them off, they're not that big. But their body is muscly. That's mm. just the structure of the body. Yeah, that's yes. that's quite quite amazing. Does he go rabbiting while you while you're in the country? Does he go after rabbits? He would. You know what? Funny that you say. Once we took him to to Bayswater, we we were visiting one of our clients, and they had a um, a bit of a like a green area in front of their building. So Charlie went went off and did his normal thing. The next 
Next minute, we see two rabbits sort of came out of the grass and he was chasing them. Um, yeah, that was one of the incidents um, we've experienced. Yeah. Not so much in the country. Um, we always keep him close to us when we're out uh, filming and that. And when he was chasing the rabbits, was he aware of anything else? Could you could you call him back or he just didn't hear anything? When When that happened... He was a different Charlie. He was mm. so determined. There was nothing that's going to stop him. Um, you know, that also comes from their stubbornness. Yeah, look, this is a really key point, especially if you've got a pet. You need to know about uh, their actual characteristics and what their likely reaction is in certain situations. For example, if you've got a greyhound or you've got a Westie yes. or you've got a lot of side hounds or gaze hounds, they like char. They like like Charlie chased the rabbits, they like to go and chase and eat small things that move fast, which is like cats, um, other small dogs, <laughs> birds, things like this. So if the yeah, if the Aussie Pets podcast listeners wouldn't mind thinking about this before they pick up a pet, and yes. and keeping your keeping your pet under control because it can be pretty surprising when you see it happen. Yeah, see and that their, their personality changes, doesn't it? Absolutely. It was certainly out of our expectation. That's why when we're out, we actually keep him close because we know he can be like that And when we saw that happened. I'm quite fascinated with the world of dogs because they, they can be quite close. How much, um, in terms of closeness, how much attention does Charlie need in the average day? Oh, how much attention? You can give him zero attention, but he will be always attached to you he will be right next to you whether you're sitting on a chair or on the couch he will make sure he's close to you himself i'm looking down at my right foot <laughs> and i can confirm that that's true because <laughs> uh, i've got a sleeping westie on my right foot right now <laughs> that's him. so he's, he's actually quite friendly with other people he doesn't know yes ah. yes but uh, dogs are funny dogs are very interesting they can sense people who like dogs and who are scared of them or who just don't care about dogs. So you must be a dog person yourself. That's why he picked you. And uh, I've seen him having different reaction with different people. If they sort of ignore him, he wouldn't show much um, emotion to them either. Mm. And, and how does he express emotion? <laughs> he goes crazy. He would jump. He would sometimes talk and... Uh, you know, wagging tails like all the other dogs. That's that's the way he expresses himself. Sometimes he, because the way he talks, it's like he's barking, but he's not. Um, we've had him for so long, we can pick up his behavior and knowing what's actually behind it. Um, yeah, that's just Charlie. I'm casting my mind back pre-COVID and I'm thinking that I saw Charlie and there was another Westie with him. Is that right? Was, did you have another little Westie? So there's two Westies? Or was that uh, maybe some other friends, um, maybe Tony and Sigrid's dog was playing with Charlie? Oh, yes. Tony, they have two Westies. Yeah, they do. Yes, okay. yes. We've met at the event. Mm. And do they, do they actually play with each other? or? Well, they're very friendly to each other. They didn't really play. Um, mm. Charlie is not very playful towards other dogs in general. He's he much prefers to spend time with the human. Mm. Yes. So at your place, how do you tell Charlie or at the beginning when you were training him, 
how did you, how did you get him to understand his level in the pack? Well, in the beginning, obviously, as a pup, he would push his boundary to test where he can go to. Um, well, I started with a very small area, first in the bathroom, and then slowly open up the corridor. Slowly, he can go to the lounge room and hang out next to the couch. Then the next thing is on the couch. He never really tried to get onto the bed, and I never let him to. So he sort of know. Dogs um, can get a really bad habit easily, so it's a human's responsibility to put the boundary there, and they wouldn't cross it. They're unlike cats. Cats can they are a bit of a explorer themselves. So dogs, you just set the boundaries. And yep. So you've set the boundaries for your dog. Now it seems to me that you've got a lot of information, a lot of sort of wisdom around dogs, and that. Where did you find that from? Hmm. Funny that you asked the question. I first of all did a lot of uh, research online, and um, secondly, was very lucky as well. At the time, I was reading a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Some of the principles I applied into raising Charlie, and it worked. It worked like I can't even believe it. Who, who wrote that book? And um, Dale Carnegie. Dale Carnegie. Yeah, Dale Carnegie. Yes, I have read it. Yeah, a lot of people have read it. Mm. Um, There are small principles like you don't punish them, you reward them when they're doing something right. It's like I never punish Charlie for for making mistakes of going to toilet because they just don't know. They're pups. And whenever he does it right, I always make sure I reward him. From then on, he always wants to do the right thing because he wants to be rewarded. Mm. And how do you reward him? What sort of treats do you give him? So I would use schmackles, and the schmackles are very easy, especially those long strip ones. You you sort of uh, peel them up into small pieces. Each one will last you for quite some time, yes. If you actually have a, have an opportunity to go and have your dog trained with a session or two somewhere by a trainer, mm-hmm. you'll find out that that's what they'll be telling you to do. Yes. Uh, they'll be uh, doing rewards-based training. training. Yes, yeah. yes. It works much better than punishment but because – like seriously, dogs, they don't know what they're supposed to do. It's a, it's a part of their nature to, to do their business whenever they want to because that's how they've been raised. But when they come to live with us, we're trying to make the way that we want them to live. Obviously, we've got to meet them halfway, give them patience and um, just give them a little bit of time. Yeah, that, that's a good way of putting it. It's very tactful. Yes. Because they just don't get it. You yes. Know, some, some really smart dogs can recognize 40 or 60 words yes but they can't understand why we do what we do exactly we're not the same sort of species yes and and have you had other pets what what other sort of pets have you had oh maybe a cat for a very short period of time well the cat must had something poisonous oh it got got sick yes having a pet like charlie you've sort of trained him yourself yes i can say that he's really well behaved and he's currently snoring (laughs) on my foot Still, he has, he's actually gone, I call it splat, where he just goes sideways and just doesn't move. Yes. It's just like a corpse. He's <laughs> very comfortable He's there. not moving at all. And he's actually right on my foot. It's quite, I've never had a dog do that before. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's quite funny. So with Charlie, when you're looking back, what's the best things, what's the biggest benefit that you've had in owning a, a pet? Oh, um, there are so many 
so many benefits of um, having a pet. The biggest one is um, patience for me. Um, so from raising him um, in my early 20s and um, with without much patience for this world, I had to, to learn to be patient with him. And the flip side of that is now I've actually got more patience for almost everything in my life. You sometimes... You know, we're living in the modern world. Everything, just people want instant change, instant result. But having a pet, well, for me personally, really gave me the opportunity to explore another life, another species um, in this world. And, you know, sometimes you just don't have any choice. You've got to wait till they grow up. And that's just part of the nature. Absolutely. And that's one of the tenets of uh, Aussie Pets podcast is that we actually share this world with other beings, other animals, other creatures. Yes. And that if we respect them and they they accept us and come into our life, there can be a lot of blessings. Oh, yes. Yeah, there can be a lot of blessings. And is there anything um, in terms of socialising Charlie? Do you actually specifically go to doggy events for him? Um, I haven't yet, but I would love to, uh, to do more of the uh, doggy activities in the future if we can. And... Um, Lately, I've joined a few um, Westie Facebook page and people have just been posting their Westie pictures and the lifestyle videos of their Westies on Facebook. And I found that's very, very um, engaging and uh, very rewarding to some degree because you, when you are stuck with the one Westie, you know, you think, oh, he's the whole world. But when you see all the other people with their Westies, you know, hey, they're a group of like-minded people um, that's out there, go to, you know, interact with them. I think lockdown sort of uh, made me realise that interaction with people is probably far more important than, than I ever have realised. Yeah, and, you know, being able to have a pet during lockdown is probably one of the biggest benefits people have had. And, yes. And and I'm, I'm hoping people um, invest time like you have um, to know their pet more. Yes. Because the more time people invest with the pet, the less problem there's going to be. Yes. You know, during look, um, probably just before lockdown, I actually did a vlog about how to um, train your dog. And at the end of that vlog, the message that I told people is uh, if you don't have the time or the energy to look after the dog or you don't think you can cope with some of the, the cons, um, you'd rather not have one then have one and not be responsible because it's another life. And I see that as a reflection of everything in your life. If you're responsible for a, a little dog, you're more likely will be more uh, responsible for a family, for, for your colleagues and friends. Yeah, absolutely. You're preaching to the converted here. Yes. I, I agree. I didn't know you did vlogs um, there. Yeah. What we might do is uh, put that at the end of the podcast that uh, people can go and have a look at that one. Was it, a, was it about... Westies or pets in general? Uh, it was about how to train your dog to do different tricks. Oh, okay. Which tricks are those that you teach? Uh, for example, um, you shoot Charlie. Obviously, you've got to have your snacks and he mm -hmm. will lie down and mm -hmm. you hold your arms out like a, a hoop. He will jump through, um, shake hands, high five, roll and and jump. He will do all these tricks. So you've, you've established a way to have some fun. Yes. And in having fun, you've also taught him to listen to and do what you're asking him to do. Yes. And he enjoys it too. He loves it because he knows at the end of it he will get rewarded. Yeah. Yes. 
Isn't that, isn't that fascinating? Um, and so how many of those vlogs have you done? I think I did I did two. Okay. Um, in the two vlogs I've told in, in Avik's um, in the two vlogs, I described all the tricks that Charlie does and how I train him. Okay. And in terms of um, other people in your family and outside of uh, your family who, who you interact daily, maybe people at work mm-hmm. and, and um, people in the street, what's their reaction to Charlie? And uh, tell us a bit about that, your interaction with other people. Okay. So we see this often. Charlie is a... A very well trained dog, or a very well trained Westie, because uh, we haven't seen a second Westie that can go off the leash. But we can trust Charlie that he would go off the leash and won't wander around without crossing the road because he's been very well trained. And uh, quite often he bump into people. Um, he will say hello, trying to wag at them. If they ignore him, he will keep doing his own thing. And how is he with kids? He's pretty good. Does he uh, worry with- them at all? Or- with kids, you pretty much see there are two reactions. Um, most of the time, Charlie, because we don't have our own kids, so most of the time he doesn't know what to do with them. So he becomes a little bit nervous when kids are around, especially if the kids are rough around, uh, with him. But uh, there's the other side of him. If kids get excited, they're trying to run around. So there are yeah, two reactions with kids. Yeah. Do you do training in the parks or do you do training at home or how do you, which places have you trained him in? We trained him, well, I did most of the training in the early days. Then later we we trained him at night time when there's no traffic and no, um, no other people around because when there's traffic around, it's too dangerous to train them. And then when there are people around, they get distracted. So uh, we made sure it's late night, no other people, no traffic. Um, for example, we would walk to the intersection and and time to sit and wait to the uh, wait for the commands to go. That's how he learned to cross the road. Okay, yes. fantastic. And so Charlie, he's seven years old now. Mm-hmm. Almost. Uh, he's all. He's also got his own products. He's been. I know that he's been branded on products <laughs> for a, a business you've got an interest in. Yes. Um, on scarves, so you can get a, a Charlie scarf. You can, um, yeah. yeah, a yeah, net gator with uh, Charlie's image on it. We actually got two designs. Mm. Yeah. That's right. So um, perhaps that, that's another thing we'll put at the end of the podcast for people if they actually want a, a Westie scarf. Oh, yeah, then, for sure. Uh, then hit you up for that one as well. And you've got a, a vlog, is that on a on a website uh, for Charlie or has, has he got his own page? He's got his own page, but I don't think I've uploaded the, the two vlogs. Mm-hmm. They. The two vlogs are done in Chinese, but I've got English subtitles to them, so I can send them through if um, mm. if you like them. Yeah, that'd be great because yeah. uh, the people from China listen to my podcast as well. Yes, and uh, people in China listen to my podcast as well. I happen to know that, so yeah, that'd be great. Thanks if you can share that and see if we can make uh, people more responsible. I'd like to thank you for your time today. Thank you. Um, it's been uh, great to catch up. Uh, finally, go out and we can go and visit one group of people for a day yes uh, keeping in in mind uh, the, the safety and covid safety yes um, we're sitting across a table about 1.8 meters roughly <laughs> as well as being safe with covid be safe with your pets make sure you get your pets to the vets and as uh, suman she has done train your dog if you haven't uh, got an idea of how to train your own pets get online and do as what suman did be responsible 
get some good information and train your pet. It can make a big difference. Thank you very much, Sherman. Thank you, Edwin. Um, I've uh, I've enjoyed it. Uh, we had a bit of audio trouble at the beginning of this, and I've put that in the bin already. But uh, <laughs> we'll get this one up soon, and and I hope we can make a difference to the the lives of thousands of people, and Absolutely. avoid uh, avoid situations where people haven't been responsible by making people into responsible Aussie pet owners. Thanks a lot. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Aussie Pets Podcast. If you would like more information on anything you heard in Schumann's story or would like to know how to get involved and share your story, you can find us at www.shootmypet.com.au where you can follow the links to our podcast. You could also subscribe so you don't miss out on the next podcast on native Aussie animals kept as pets. Oh, and leave an awesome review. Stay safe, train your pet, be responsible, and we'll see you later.